Hello, Woody. Good to see you. Oh man, I have not been that so genuinely for so long. Oh my gosh, this is just amazing. Thanks to the guys that have just done so much work in, in doing this setup, hiring the tables in, just doing so much. As you said, the early shift on the band. Amazing. Don't be hung up about the masks. Masks can't stop the worship of the Most High God. COVID can't stop the kingdom of Christ. Hiya. You said I was getting a bit lonely up here. Okay, what we need to do is embrace every opening, every opportunity. Rejoice in that. Thank you, Lord. Don't look at what else is going on. Don't compare. Don't get hung up. Just keep pressing in. Woody, you are amazing. You are an amazing bunch of people. Absolutely amazing. See, Gerwin and Ruth are here, and thank you for coming. I'm honored all that you sowed into this church. And part of what you sowed into this church is now, I think, in this season, going to be really beginning to flourish. So I honor you. And we had some, over the years, very interesting church meetings. I can remember a few of them that were, we would never want to go back to, and some which were amazing. But I can all, all honestly say the church meeting of the 8th of September was the best and most amazing church meeting I have been to at Woody. Well, any church. It was a privilege to be there. New readers start here. We've been, like every church, struggling with what this all looks like under restrictions. Everything closed right down, obviously. First of all, all on Zoom. We were learning to do video messaging, etc., etc. But we felt God was saying, I'm doing a new thing. He'd been saying that for a while. I'm doing a new thing. There's an opportunity now. Whenever things are taken apart, there's an opportunity to build something new. And we spent a long time praying and seeking God as a church. And a, over a, yeah, about, just about a year ago, we, we accepted a vision. We, we said, this is our vision. But everything was then on hold again because the restrictions came back in. And we just needed the time to really work through and pray through what it meant. And then we came to the point where we could make changes. And that's where we had the church meeting. Because then when it goes from vision to reality, is always the hard bit. People can agree to a vision because it might not happen. When you say we're making changes. And the elders called it so right that it had to be a very, very honest meeting. They were far more in touch with the spirit than where I was. I just wanted to get through it. I got a deadline. They were totally in touch with the Spirit. They had a, I really felt there was a passing, almost the baton pastorally there. Honor you guys, you really called it. You really called it. And that meeting was one of the most painful I've ever been in and one of the most glorious. Because as a church, you shared your pain about the change that we are now walking in and that you will continue to walk in. About the loss of one of the few things that you thought might still be there after this big mess, Sunday mornings as they were. And you worked through what it meant to do church in a different way. You counted the cost. This is power. This is kingdom. Jesus said, don't start out till you count the cost. You counted the cost individually. Some of the stuff that was shared where people were really honest. I don't know if I can go with this or anything. Really counted the cost as a fellowship. It was a privilege to hear that. It was incredibly special. 
And then as a church, with three abstentions, which made sense, and I was one of them because I'm moving on. I can't tell you what you've got to do from you know, next week. Three abstentions from another person who's moving on as well. No one against. The whole church embraced the change. That was something of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and in doing that, what you have done is you have stepped out in obedience. Woody, you're amazing. I don't think you realize fully what you've done. You've stepped out in obedience, not out of good ideas, not out of a desire for change, not out of, um, why don't we try this? You've stepped out in obedience because you felt this is what God was saying. And obedience draws down the favor and power of God like nothing else. Like nothing else. You can, you can be struggling in all sorts of areas, but if you're in obedience, then God will bless. And that's what you've done. And it is so exciting and powerful. And now I'm going to start the preach. That was my heart. But I would perhaps guard it as you go on because making the decision is obviously only the first step. So you have stepped out, Woody. You have stepped out. If we're using pictures from the Bible, you're in the river. You're in the Jordan and you're crossing from the desert into the promised land. And you know all they had to do. They didn't know what was going to happen. God had said various promises. But they didn't know any of the strategies and plans this side of the river. All they, needed to, all they needed to do was obey. They just had to cross the river. And then Joshua said, right, this is how we take this city. This is how we take that city. And if we try and take that city the same way we took that city, we'll get in a mess. So we need to walk with the Lord. This is exciting. Here is really the theme of my teach. How do you keep in step with the Spirit? The Spirit is moving. The Spirit's always moving. The Spirit is moving. How do you keep in step? That's Galatians 5.25. How do you keep in step with the Spirit? And for those of you who like, you know, exposition of Scripture, that's what we've done right the way through Luke. We've taken a passage and really dug into it. I'm not doing that today. I'm talking from my heart. And this is a message for Woody. And there'll be a bit of Scripture later on, but there'll be just some references going through. How do you keep in step with the Spirit? I think there's three things that you can do. One of them is a bit of a cheat because it's four sub-points, but there are three areas. Number one, keep practicing the four Ps. That's a code to, to new people, but I'll explain it. You know what I mean, Woody, the four Ps. Number two, work with the Lord to make new wineskins. You need new wineskins. You started already, you started sewing. Number three, and this is really, really important. This is probably the biggest point. Look after your leaders. I am charging you, Woody, to look after your leaders. Number one, keep practicing the four Ps. Two years ago, um, we started on a series going through the four Ps. Prayer. The presence of God, prophecy, and the proclamation of the gospel. Two years ago this month, September, we started on that. I've been preaching on that ever since. Little breaks for things like Christmas and Easter and stuff like that. But basically, that's what we've been doing. Through, through lockdown, out of lockdown, whatever, whatever. Um, and those, those, those are really, really important. And... I'm just going to say there's a lot of teaching on those. So while I 
give a bit of a refresher on this. If you think, oh, I didn't catch that or whatever, I would encourage you to go back and check it out. Because I do believe that's what God was saying to us. You need to do these. We, we had that word as a prophetic word. We tested it. We tested the person. We spent a long time working that out. And we really felt. And God has honored that. Every time I've gone to him, every week, Lord, I don't know what, what to say this week. He's given stuff. I really believe that is not something you leave behind. It's you walk in. Now, those four Ps, they're like four pillars. And I do believe that God wants them to be pillars for this church. Prayer, presence, prophecy, proclamation of the gospel. But they're like moving pillars. Now, that's a bit tricky because moving pillars is not a good thing in building, is it? That's not, that's not what you want. So the nearest I could think of this is by Headworks is an elephant. If you imagine the four legs of an elephant, like they're massive pillars, but he's moving slowly and purposefully. So keep those four pillars around you as you move, okay? Crucial, right. Okay, prayer. What can you say? You can't go forward without prayer at the center of church life. However that looks at the center of your life, you can't go forward. It's a relationship with God. It's, it's, it's an impossibility. It's an oxymoron, you know, it's like moving in the spirit without prayer. You can look at the ways. I really think you need to review now as, as things begin to open up. You need to review what happened, um, you know, and how you use Zoom prayers and everything. I know a lot of people struggle with Zoom prayer. For me, honestly, I've never been to a Zoom prayer, a woody Zoom prayer, um, and felt at the end of the hour that it was a waste of time. I've always felt there was something in the Holy Spirit that God spoke to me or something happened. And some of them have been incredible. So don't be too ready to dismiss it, but look at what the options are. How you use your life groups, how you use your gatherings, how you use the, the cafe, the room one in the cafe. That's going to be a key thing, I think. You need... You need prayer. Seasons of prayer are good. There's a time when you have to have them. But regular times of face-to-face -face prayer and blessing are crucial. You're going to be struggling with the job description of the church if that element isn't in there. Prayer, if you imagine a central heating system, it's going to be called a boiler. Prayer is the boiler. Prayer is the boiler. If you want hot water, you need the boiler. Prayer is that important. That important. Please refer to messages for further teaching on this. Last point on prayer. There'll be no breakthrough. Here's, here's, I don't want to get heavy, but I think some of what I've got to say is maybe prophetic that you may need to test. I don't see how there can be any major breakthrough without prayer or revivals. You, you, you can have good times. You can have stuff happening. You can have people come into Christ. The grace of God never stops. God is a merciful God. Hallelujah. But if you want breakthrough... You will need prayer. Right. Oh, listening prayer. Right. Presence. Exodus 33, 45. Then Moses said to him, Moses said to God, you've got to love the, the brazenness of Moses. If your presence does not go up with us, do not send us from here. In other words, we're not going anywhere without your presence, Lord. And you know what they were talking about in the Old Testament? They were talking about the pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud. If you do not go with us, we're not going. If as a church you could get hold of that, it would save you a lot of grief. When the Lord waits, you wait. When the Lord walks, you walk. If you can get that. So, the presence has to be a heart prayer. Like, like I say, activities and fun not change anything unless the Lord is with you by his presence. It's his presence. 
We had a staff meeting this week and we were chatting about last Sunday, which was fantastic. It was amazing last Sunday where we had the first the cafe, the cafe church thing. It was an incredible time and just amazing the way you all came and joined in and everything. But Luke made a really good point, Honor. Uh, and he was saying, of course, it can't all be about activity. You've got you've to have it. it. It is activity. But then we'll have, without presence, it's just, it risks becoming just froth. Now, you know my heart. We had a great time last. Jack and I had a fantastic time litter picking. Just got out in the community. Just, just, just be in there. Just chatting and being open to what the Lord wanted to say. Um, but you will need to have times when it's just about his presence. You will need to rest in him. You will need to be refreshed in him. You will need to be still and know that he is God. You see, all these things you've been learning on the journey, don't ditch them now when things get exciting. That's when you need them even more. It's not just about activity. As you know, I encourage you all to, to get into the activity, to find out what you can do, try different things. But you need to have times of waiting on him. And do all you can to keep his presence with you. What I'm basically saying there is don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing that the Spirit's not a power? He's powerful, but he is a person. And you can grieve him. You can upset him to the point where he withdraws. How do you make sure you don't grieve him? So I'm going to read some scripture now. Ephesians 4, 29, 32. Ephesians 4, 29, 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid, you get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander now you may think well we're not having actually having in, in fights in church meetings or whatever but you know what i mean that spirit sometimes is there it's only about four stages away from that along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in christ god has forgiven you god forgave you what's really interesting about that is that if you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, it's not about sacrifice and holiness and stuff, important. It's about relationships. God is a God of relationships, the Trinity, the ultimate relationship. And God wants everybody in that relationship with him. That's why Christ came. So, all the things there work out in relationships. What's the lesson? The lesson is guard your relationships. Guard your heart. Guard your mouth. Guard your tongue. What you say to each other. How you, how you talk about each other. Because that can grieve the Holy Spirit. You may feel that's nothing to do. I'm just having a little moan over here. I'm going to have a little chat over here. The Spirit will hear it. I'm not, not going to get weird now. I'll come to it later about how you communicate you know, real and effectively. <clears throat> just need to ponder that message there. That, those scriptures. And maybe we all need to listen more than we speak. Okay, prophecy. Just quickly on prophecy. I'd encourage you to take this from the special time to the all the time. The Holy Spirit's always wanting to speak. The Holy Spirit's always moving. It's really good that it's becoming established. And you'll need to attend to this because it can slip. 
in meetings. You know, I know the 20s are really moving in this. Keep hold of that. It's not, this, this isn't a phase, you grow. Um, so, so keep hold of that. Keep, keep moving in that. Other groups give time to listen to the Spirit, to speak, to share each other. It's not a big spooky wooky thing. It's just the, the Holy Spirit saying something to someone to share with someone else. It's a beautiful privilege. It's a beautiful privilege. For other stuff on that, see teaching. Keep it simple. It's a really important aspect. There could be prophecy in with the bouncy castle in the cafe style. Have it sort of saturated the whole church. Don't think we only do them on this third Sunday, whatever. Let the spirit just flow. Let the spirit just flow. And do you want more prophecy? Do you want to grow in it? You need to give away what you've already got. It's a, that's a kingdom principle. That's not going to change. You need to share what you have. And then it'll say, ah, oh, I can give you some more now. Number four, P, proclamation of the gospel. Do this in every way, through deed and word and smile and tears, through this and that. I don't know whether this and that are. That's what you're going to discover. You will all be involved in evangelism. The idea of getting an evangelist in, there is a ministry, I'm not there, but you, you will all give witness. You will all be involved in this. You'll all be chatting. You'll all be sharing. What's evangelism? It's basically telling the stories of what Jesus has been doing in your life, pointing them to Jesus, pointing them to the word that says about Jesus. Some people do it well, but that doesn't give the rest of us an excuse not to do it at all. Maybe you just want to be more like the people who do well. Here's another warning. I feel I need to say this. If you're not going to go back, it was the the big problem with the Israelites, they kept looking back at when things go wrong, when things went hard, when they we didn't know it was going to be like this. Oh, remember the cucumbers. Yeah, but you were in chains when you were eating them. Yeah. Proclamation of the gospel. If you drift from this and become more inwardly focused, you take your eyes off the Great Commission from the Lord, you take the eyes off his heart, you put it on yourselves, provision will start to dry up. The grace of God will still be on you. The grace of God, that's the whole idea. But favor will begin to lift because the favor of God is about people hearing and seeing Jesus. That, that is a key thing. Now, I'm, I was scared when I typed that out, but I'm just going to give it to you when you do what you feel the Lord is telling you about that. But I do feel that the temptation will be to close it back in and make it all nice and cozy in a different way. And you need to keep saying, are we proclaiming the gospel of Christ. Book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 10. It's the key verse in Luke. It's the cornerstone of the whole book for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. What are you all about, Jesus? That's on my card, son. Number two, that leads us in the gospel, how to make new wineskins. Much of the drama in the book of Luke, it's an amazing book, was, was between Jesus and the Pharisees, where Jesus would say, look, there's a, new, there's a new thing coming. You need to move away from the temple. You know, I'm here. You know, you need to really think about what's happening. And the Pharisees would defend the old ways in the temple and all that sort of stuff. Lots of drama there. But one of the ways he sums up need to change in what's happening, he says, new wineskins. Luke 5, 37. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out. The wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. That's basic, that's basic, I don't know, wine husbandry for such a thing, winemaking. 
You can't do it. You simply can't do it. Everything's going to get broken and lost. You have to make new wineskins. Like I said before, over the past few years, particularly to Woody, but across the church, God's repeatedly been saying, I am doing a new thing. Won't you see it? Isaiah 43, 17. I am doing a new thing. When he says it, <laughs> we got to listen. He's going to do it. And now you're in that place. You think of the church as the wineskin. Some of the old models have just not worked. I'm not saying across the church. What I'm finding as I talk to other pastors is individual visions are coming about. You, you can't really say you should be doing this. Each church has to seek the Lord for what is right for them. And for Woody, I believe this is where you're at. You're seeking to make new wineskins because <clears throat> some of the old wineskins weren't doing what they should have done. For what the Lord, they're not fit for purpose what the Lord wants to do now. So, how does it need to change to engage with and then receive the people coming to Christ? You've got online, social media, gathering, big and small groups. Castaway. How many of you have seen the film Castaway with Tom Hanks? It's an obscure... Oh, do you know what? It's actually very good. Now, I put that off for years because it's three hours long. I thought, a guy on a desert island for three hours, even Tom Hanks is going to be struggling. It's actually a brilliant film. Jan and I watched it a few weeks ago. It's a brilliant film. I'm going to... I'm going to say something that happens in it now that will spoil it, but you'll have forgotten everything I've said in a few weeks. So by the time you watch the film, you think, didn't Chris say something? Whatever. Um, all right, so what happens in this film is he's stuck on a desert, and that's not a plot spoiler, the title. Um, and he wants to get off again, you know. Um, and so he's on the beach, and he's got this tatty dinghy, and he sees a ship way out at sea. So he says, great, here's my chance. Gets the dinghy, puts it in, and it's all very calm when he's leaving the beach because the waves are very small. But what he realizes when he gets a bit further out is that there are sandbanks and the big waves are out there. And then things get very interesting. He's getting thrown all over the place. In the end, he gets thrown off the dinghy, smashes on a rock, cuts open his leg, blah de blah gets back in a right mess, and he's, and he's lost the dinghy. So that didn't work. Years later, <clears throat> again, plot spoiler, so forget it. Years later, he hears this clunking on the beach, and two sides of a toilet cubicle have washed up on the beach. So if you imagine, yeah, I've got to be careful here. If you imagine, <laughs> you know, a toilet, a toilet cubicle, um, like uh, on a building site or something where there's like four sides of plastic, okay? That it's got in the seat, two of them have gone, so you've got these two things, you know, like a flap. This is gonna be, on the audio, this is gonna be difficult to explain, I'm flapping my hands. Um, they wash up, and he looks at them and he says, ah, maybe I can learn from previous experiences. And what he does eventually is use them in some way, ooh, find out, to get off the island. Here's my point. I have found the best way to learn is through making mistakes. That was the point of all that. <laughs> well, we got there. Make mistakes. Churches are paralyzed, aren't they, about making mistakes? Flipping egg. Just make up five mistakes and get them out of the way. Make mistakes, because that's how you learn. That's how you learn. If you, if you really search the Gospels, if you, if you go into minute detail, you may find one or two moments where the disciples did something wrong. You don't have to go far. They were, they were messing up all the time. 
make mistakes. That's how you learn about what the new wineskins are being about. Don't, you know, really just get over yourself. Just, just make mistakes. You're on the journey. You may as well go for it now. Okay. And the, the important thing about the new wineskins, the really important thing is discipleship. I've been reminded of this. Honor Jenny mentioned that she mentioned this in that church meeting. This is what it's going to be about. It's about discipleship. Now, you think, great, that's a lot more work for the elders. They've just got to start courses. It's not. It's relationships again. In the same way that you will all be just sharing, as all evangelists sharing, you can all be discipling. What's discipling? If, if evangelism is just showing Jesus in my life and tell you a story, discipleship is just saying, join with me as you walk with me and watch my mistakes and how good Jesus is. That's all discipleship is. It's just letting people walk with you. And helping them, I made that mistake, I wouldn't do it again if I was you, but you can have a go. It's just walking with people one to one. Do you know what? You Christians, you know, you, you know so much more than you realize. For one thing, you know so much more than someone who doesn't know Jesus. On that point alone, you, you're qualified to disciple, to come alongside and share. It needs covering, it needs accountability, it needs some sort of structure, blah, blah, blah. But the heart is, don't let the elders be running around. When these people start coming to the Lord, as they will, don't have them running around trying to find people. All of you, all of you, disciple. I'm really quiet. Yeah, do you know what? You can disciple a quiet person. Okay? Shall I just tell you a surprise? Not everyone wants Chris Collins to disciple them. Some people would run to New Zealand at the thought of it. And I went and I got them. But <laughs> what... What you need to realize is that there's someone that will match with you. Oh, embrace. Oh, embrace. Embrace it. I don't mean hug them every time you see them as a disciple. I mean embrace the concept. Okay. Number three, look after your leaders. Hebrews 13, 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. You see that? It's actually your benefit that you bless the leaders, that you be. I mean, I wouldn't dare preach on this while I was still pastor. I can just about get away with it now. Submit to their authority. You see, it's a God-given authority which they will give account for. All of us leaders, one day we'll go before the throne and the Lord will say, right, I raised you as a leader. Tell me what happened. You know, Lord, yeah, but you tell me. It, it, it's a heavy thing, but it's part of the beautiful, onerous, glorious call of leadership. Okay, please, please, please look after them. I'm talking particularly now about the elders. Please, please, please. I'm tempted to say you don't want me coming back here, but that's too much of a threat. Um, please look after them. They've been given a godly authority. They've taken on a really, really difficult calling. They didn't ask for it. They've been called. They didn't, they didn't seek it. They were recognized. And they accepted. That's how leadership works. They love you. They spend a lot of time and energy in praying for you, caring for you, and trying to make Woody the best place it can be for you. I've spent a lot, a lot of time with these guys. Honestly, you fill their thoughts and their hearts. It's incredible. They, 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 are, they are just so 
so, so for you. Remember, they've, they've got full-time jobs, they've got children and other responsibilities. So don't make this burden any, any heavier than it is. It will be heavier, especially when I leave, because obviously I'm carrying a chunk. So please, please, please look after them. That's really the heart of my message. Look after them. You need to learn from them. Now, I, I need to deal with an issue right here. There is a partnership that you are part of. When you call elders, or in the future the pastor, you are entering into a partnership. We probably need to stress this more. And what you're saying is, we recognize that you are being called of God. Okay? And you're not just saying we need someone to look after all the admin and all the COVID rules and blah, 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 blah. Very complicated running a church these days. Let alone personal stuff. We are recognizing that you've got a call of God on your life to receive from God for us. There it is. There's a partnership where they will seek God for the word, for the direction, for the vision, and then you need to test it. And you need to listen. I know that some of you have been struggling with the whole thing of, of our recorded messages and all the rest of it. But what you've got to recognize is it's not the same as listening to any of the hundreds of other things out there for you. That is the word coming through the leaders. It may be right, it may be wrong, but it's what they feel that God is saying. So you need to listen to it and test it and engage and engage. And if you don't, then you don't know and you can't. And the other thing is, I know, I know it's difficult. I know some of you find it difficult to focus on it or to listen to it, but you've got to realize what happens to the other side, the hours of preparation, the wrestling with the word, the wrestling with the Lord about what it is, and then just the filming, all the work that goes in. It's very, there's a heavy load this side. I encourage you, Woody, I implore you really to listen to what they prepare so that you may weigh it up and so as a church you can discern and go forward. How else can you support them? You pray for them. You listen to them. Talk to them. How are you doing? Talk to them. Don't just think that they're like some executives off doing stuff. You know, this is a tough gig. Especially, especially taking a church into an interregnum without a pastor and um, big changes, requiring a lot of work at the moment. And, oh, a pandemic. Just check that in for a moment. Encourage them. Say, how can I help? What can I do? What can I take off you? Be patient and bless them. Okay. That is the message. I want to finish on that thing about the leaders. Just one other point. Pastorally, I know there are people here who are hurting. I know you're hurting because you're missing stuff. And I know some of you are hurting because there are people who you have loved for that are not able to accept at this time. And I want to just say to you, don't let the devil rob you of that love. That love is from the Lord. It's pure. I know some of you really struggle and I get emotional. I'm really trying to bring this in here, but... That love you have is pure. Don't be lied to by the enemy. Say, does it, because it doesn't go to the person you thought it was for, it doesn't matter. 
it can just stay in your heart because it won't stay fresh in your heart. Say to the Lord, I've got this love. I thought it was for them, but they're not receiving it. I thought I could express it in that way, but I can't. What do I do with it, Lord? I believe the Lord will say, I need that love because it's come from a good heart and a pure heart. And if you just hold it with me, I will bring someone in who will need this love. And you'll be okay. I honestly believe that's a word for you to test and take. But you see, when the Lord gives love, it's never, it's never, 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 never needs to be wasted. But you need to take it back to the Lord. And you say, who's this for? And it may be a week, it may be a month, I don't know. But the Father's going to bring in people who are hurting and they need to find broken people who have love, who receive that from Christ. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much. Personally, thank you so much for allowing me to serve here. Thank you for me being able to get to this point of seeing a group of people take hands and go into a river of, of, of new opportunities. Oh, Father, I just ask you to bless Woody with all they need, oh God, in Jesus' name. Pray grace on their relationships, oh Lord, that you would almost touch their mouth before they say something negative and they would turn it into a prayer. I pray for reality, Lord. I pray they'd be able to talk to one another about how they're really feeling and have reality in their relationships. I pray for grace on that in Jesus' name. I pray for encouragement. Lord, thank you. Last week we had new people in and there was just this sense that something is stirring. I pray you would encourage them by bringing those people in, that you have been waiting for this wineskin to shape so you could do that. I just commit them into your hands and I ask in Jesus' name that you would bless them with all that you have for them. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Cheers. Um, that's the preach, that's the prayer, I'm done. I just need to say some thank yous before I get down. I know it's been a long one. Take it off my time next week. <laughs> thank you, Woody, for giving me the privilege of serving you as pastor. It's been hard and it's been amazing. It's, it's the roller coaster, God said it would be, but you gave me that privilege, you gave me that. and. It's, I, I can't even begin, it's done so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My co-leaders, particularly the elders, because we work together so closely, but the deacons and the staff, thank you so much. You're amazing. The work that goes on behind the, the, the scenes here is just incredible. The, the, the joy and the godly way they approach it, just amazing, amazing guys. And to see them take on all, all the COVID stuff and to grow in that, even become more pastoral, amazing. Excuse me. Um, and life group leaders, well, I'm not forgetting you, but it, it's obviously not quite the sort of same you know, level, but it's going to be amazing, the life group leaders. 
Jan. My rock. I wouldn't be here today. I would have probably flopped out after about 18 months. I had no idea how hard being a pastor was. No idea. Especially trying to pastor the people that you love and all that stuff. But if it wasn't for Jan, I would have bailed out. I couldn't have done it. He'd be my rock, my counsellor. Even when I'd come back and say, oh, so-and-so said this is a really good idea. And you say, yeah, I told you that last week. <laughs> Here's the final word of the Lord. Husbands, listen to your wives. Don't make the mistake I did. Because it's got a similar thing with toilets. That's where you end up, isn't it? Or doghouse. Counselor. The one who, after the Lord, knows me better than anyone else and loves me more. Thank you so much, Jan. At the beginning of this, Jan and I took hands when we were offered this gig. And we said, um, uh, you know, the cross before us, the world behind us. Follow Jesus. And we took that step. And we're still doing it. Thank you so much. Taking my hand with that. And finally, I just want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. God is who he says he is. And he'll do what he says he is going to do. He is faithful. I've had huge issues of trust with the Lord and he has just taken care of it. I give all honor and praise and glory to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you.